man, sometimes God gives me messages of what you feel and what you're going through and what you're dealing with. So my message today, and I want you to remember tonight I'm going to be teaching on single stuff and marriage stuff. So tonight, y'all make sure y'all here. Tonight, everybody. Amen. But I'm dealing with the message tonight. Sometimes I feel like I'm in prison. Sometimes feel like I'm in prison. You know, we always talk about the joy of being saved. And I was talking to Ella Smith this morning. He didn't know he was talking along what God was giving me because so many people talk about their Christian liberty. But what about our Christian bondage? How that we have this feeling of being bound. Can't go where I want to. Can't do what I want to. Can't dress like I want to. Get all these bondages. And sometimes being saved can make you feel like you're in prison. Now folk don't want to equate our salvation to prison. Because they think everything ought to feel good and you ought to be doing what you want to. and just it, But it doesn't. Sometimes I want to get out. And he won't let me out. I know all of y'all around you're smiling like you got this testimony that 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 you just have been saved and want to stay saved and have never had a battle or struggle. But the fact of it is some of us, God got us in prison. Paul preaches and I, I love the teachings and writings of Paul because Paul always seemed to be able to relate the common things of life to a spiritual experience. He, he teaches more on the style of Jesus. The, 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 he, he used parables, if you're watching, and analogies and allegories to describe his walk with God. Unlike Peter, James, and John, they just go flat at it. But Paul uses parables. He uses don't muzzle the ox. He uses one plant, one water. He uses babies. Your babes is out of sensitive milk. Then he uses his own experience as a prisoner. And he writes in the book of Ephesians 3 and 1, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. The prisoner of not... Now, he's in a literal jail, a literal prison, but he says, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. He never gives credit as being a Roman prisoner, a world prisoner. He says, I'm the Lord's prisoner. And he said this for a reason, Ephesians 4 and 1. <clears throat> I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, that ye walk worthy of your vocation wherein ye are called. He calls himself again the prisoner of the Lord. Second Timothy 1 and 8. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me. Paul said, don't be ashamed of me his prisoner 
but be partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Paul again says the prisoner. Now what is Paul saying? Why does he call himself a prisoner? There's a reason. He wants them to understand, although I am in this physical prison, I'm not in this physical prison because I'm a prisoner of people. I chose to be a prisoner of Jesus. And that's why I'm in prison here because I can get out of this if I want to. All I got to do is stop preaching Jesus. But I found out something captivated me that was greater than the prison I was in. And that's why I won't get out of this prison because I'm a prisoner of somebody greater than me. All I have to do is deny his name and I can get out. But Jesus got me bound. You know, there are different types of prisoners. And I know... And I'm going to talk about this if the Lord will let me a few weeks from now. But I want to just give you just, I'm going to tap into it just a little bit. You see, there's a prison that has no bars. You know, there's a prison that has no locks and keys. There's a prison of love. You can be bound by love. You find women who have men that are beating them upside the head and just treat them all kind of ways, but the woman can't leave because she's bound to something else. Paul says, I'm bound to Jesus that even though they're beating me and whipping me and I can get out of this anytime I want to, I'm bound to it. I'm locked to him. Somebody say hallelujah. How many want to be his prisoner? Paul tells us in Philemon, and some of y'all haven't never been there, so I'm going to tell you where it's at. Some of y'all, you didn't even know it was in there. You think I said something wrong. You think I said Philippians wrong. Philemon is the book before Hebrew. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, first chapter. If you're looking for the second chapter, uh, be the Bible class. We'll tell you it's only one. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dear beloved and fellow laborer. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, yet for love's sake, I rather beseech thee, being such as one, as Paul the age, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. As I started, as I was getting to talk and minister, I have to be honest, and I think all of us would have to be honest, there are things in our life that God is holding us back from, that we really want to do. There, everybody, it's not in you naturally to live this life. And sometimes being saved is like you're in these in this bars of salvation and you're looking out as you see people enjoying even some of the things they were doing on yesterday. It's like you're looking out from behind these prison bars and watching and said, I can't do that. You see clubbing and partying, drinking and all these kind of things and you're looking and saying, I can't do that. I can't go here. I can't go there. Even prisoners can't wear what they want to wear. They are prison suits. I can't put on what I want to eat. I can't put on what I want to put on. Can't eat. They tell me what to eat. They tell me what to drink. They, they demand my whole life. And it's not because I want to. It's I'm bound. I'm locked in. And when Paul wrote, Paul, Paul uses 
terminology that is prison terminology, jail terminology. First, he says, he doesn't, he doesn't call his salvation salvation. He says in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3 and 12, not as though I had already obtained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't look at it and call it salvation, salvation. He says, I was apprehended. And you know, when you use the word apprehended, that means you were going and doing your business and they arrested you. You thought you got saved, but really you were apprehended. Because many of us never wanted to be saved. Never had no mind to even come to God. And sometimes we put our salvation on ourselves like it was something that we were doing. But Paul says, when I come look at it, I was apprehended because I was riding on my beast doing my own thing. God followed me. He put the light on me. He knocked me down and brought me in. I was apprehended. I, 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 and sometimes when you go back and look at it, you ask yourself, you say, I didn't call for this. I don't even know how I got here. I was doing my own thing. I just came to church to visit with my friend and got saved. I, I thought I did something, but he actually arrested you. Hallelujah. He put something in your life and arrested you. And yeah, so there are times that being here, I don't feel comfortable in being here. And I still want to do some things of the world. Those are things in my heart. But I have to remember, I've been arrested. And so it doesn't mean that I lose those natures or those desires. Sometimes those things are in me, but he arrested me. I'm a prisoner. And there is a part of you and there's a part of me that want to get out. But somehow God has some bars. Have you ever woke up one day that a deep folk won't be able to relate to this? I've been through something and you just didn't want to be saved. You didn't want to do right. Somebody made you so mad you didn't want. You wanted to do something. You wanted to cuss or you wanted to fight. You had your fist balled up but you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't punch them. You went through something and your nerves got bad and your family cut up and you wanted to get that blunt and wanted it and was on your way to get it but something wouldn't let you do it. Having a bad day on the elevator and the music start playing. R&B music and you find yourself tapping your feet and the Holy Ghost say hey you saved don't do that and you stop you stop tapping it you're going through something and your money bad find yourself wanting to go in the lottery line Yo, come on now but something and you say get out of that line now I understand why I'm still having these battles being saved because I've been arrested and God has me confound. Hallelujah. Want to pick up that phone and call Sally or Sue. And some folk every Tom, Dick and Harry and Mary and Joe. Y'all know. But something won't even let you dial the number. And you dialed the number and hung the phone back up. And matter of fact, it dialed and went through and they called back and you wouldn't answer. It's something about the restraint of God. And so while I'm here, I 
don't walk around like here that I save myself. I come to the reality. There are some things that I would do and could do, but somehow God has some restraints on me that I don't understand. Now I don't put my good living on myself. I don't walk around here and brag and put it on myself. I realize that he's keeping me. I'm not keeping myself. He has these individual, he has these invisible bars that I don't see. That's why Jews say now unto him that's able to keep me from falling. I can't keep myself. You can't keep yourself. It's prison bars. Somebody ought to praise him. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them he's keeping me. Tell him again, he's got my mouth under arrest. Got my attitude under arrest. Now every now and then some of y'all go AWOL, but that's alright. The Lord know how to arrest you and bring you back. How many of y'all ever broke out before? Come on with your deep looking self. Any of y'all ever broke out? Took that prison suit that you had on, took it off and got you a hoochie suit? Y'all ain't saying nothing here. My God, took that, took that, went back to the club, went back to partying. Amen. Praise the Lord. I see you, Brother Jones. You went AWOL, but the Lord know how to get you, didn't he? And got you back in here this morning shouting and praising God. Some of y'all, come on now. Some of y'all look deep here, but have you ever, have you ever ran away? God will run you down like they ran Kuta Kente down and beat you and put you back in here and say, don't you go anywhere. Have God ever apprehended some of y'all, gave you a good whipping and put you back in there and say, don't go nowhere now. I'm his prisoner. Just a few minutes, if I could get everybody just to wave your hand and say, Lord, thank you for keeping me. Sometimes we escape. Sometimes we run. Thank God for you, Brother Dante. How long were you gone from the church? Amen. Not this recently. Eight years. What, Texas? Texas, eight years. Doing his own thing. <coughs> but God said, you my prisoner. Oh, now some of y'all out there, y'all think y'all done got away. You got, you got a martini in your hand listening to the pastor this morning. And high. You got a blunt in your hand now. You think that you're over. I, and you go. You just decided this morning to, to get up. Amen. You know what you've been taught. Got a big old Christmas tree up there. And the children there. And you just done backslid all the way. But I'm just telling you. God's still looking for you. God's still looking for you. And God know how to find. He went eight years. But God. God. He ain't caught you yet, but he, he, he said, I ain't caught you, but when I catch up with you, I'll get you. He calls this thing to happen to us. He does things to bring us back. You got a little hard issue now. Amen. You didn't leave with it. Amen. And get a new one in six months. 
but he already gave you a new one when you came back. God got a way of doing things. He'll give you a bad heart to get a good heart. And then give you back another heart. That's the kind of God. And, and he puts us through things to bring us back. The fact of it is, some of us would never be saved if God hadn't given us a beat down. If God hadn't whooped us. If he hadn't taken everything from us. Paul said, I'm his prisoner. He says in Philippians 3 and 13, Brother, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before. I'm arrested. Paul was talking about his acts experience when he said he was arrested. I was riding, doing my own thing. But he arrested me. So that discomfort that you feel, <coughs> it's not every day. It's not every day. You know, sometimes people can have some good times in prison. You get adjusted. I, I went to prison. I used to go preach in prison. I, they don't all look, you know, you would think they, they would look all mad and sad, sad but man, they are and they were working on the, they was, they, was, they was playing ball. They was eating. Work out. They adjust. But then every now and then, They'll see something that's going on outside. Think about a family. Think about the things that's going outside and they get teary. It's not all hell and havoc in the church. For the most part, it's good. But every now and then I look outside from the church into the world. And I wonder as a young person what it would be like to go to the club. Every now and then I look outside and I see them look like they're having so much fun. You know, this is why a lot of our young people, when they get about 17 or 16, 18, they start going straight from the church to the world. It's amazing. We can raise the church all the way from, from a baby to 17 or 18. And they look in the world and go because they look like they've been in bondage. And it is bondage. But you know, there are different type of prisons there's prisoners who have did something but there are also prisoners who are prisoners because of the value of what they have as great as the president of the United States of America is he's a prisoner every president is a prisoner of his own reputation he's a prisoner of his position and because of fame and popularity and those things that they have, the movie stars are prisoners. When you reach a certain status, amen, you can't just go outside and go normal shop and all these stars that have reached a certain place because uh, people will, 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 will throng them and, and, and press them. So now they can't even go to the grocery store. They can't go here, they can't go there because of their power. And, and there's something that you have to realize is that there's sometimes God has kept you in confinement not because he wants to imprison you but because God values something that you don't see in yourself. 
And when God knows he puts things in you, he will restrict you from going certain places and doing certain things, even that you want to do because God sees the value in you. And even sometime in our life, we go through things that God imprisons us and we don't understand why we're going through that experience, but it's because God sees something that's going to be needed in the future. And, and, and Joseph went to prison for a lie. And he could have complained about his imprisonment, but it was there that God had something for him. God has to lock you up sometime because your dreams are so good. What you have in you is so valuable that it gets in the hands of the wrong people. And so where Joseph thought that he was being arrested because of his brothers, God was getting him away from them. He takes and lets somebody buy him, sells him into Egypt, and he's separated. Seems like the worst thing that was happening, but God actually was bringing him out to protect his dream because he was around somebody that did not believe in his dreams. And had he left him in the hands of his brothers, they would have murdered him and killed him. And so God, so sometimes God detaches you from people that you think are close to you and God pulls you away. And sometimes even in your life, you feel like you are alone or you are by yourself or nobody's there. But the fact of the matter is sometimes God has you in consolidated confinement, not because you did something, but because you have something. And I wonder what would have happened if you would have went the way you wanted to go. Some of you all, and I've been to that point when you get of age and you start looking at things that you had planned to do and look like all your plans failed. I had plans to go to college and plans to do this and plans to do that and plans to do this. I had it all mapped out. I've had goals that I wanted to meet things that I wanted to do. Amen. I, of course, wanted to be an attorney. All of these things were my goals and my plans. But God stopped them. Blocked them. Because God saw something. And anytime you get to that point that God himself arrests you and locks you down from your own desires, your own goals of the things that you wanted to be, in the end, God's got something greater. Sometimes God got to take you where your dreams are appreciated. And Joseph was telling his brothers the dream, hoping that they could appreciate the dream that he was having. But they couldn't. And God said, let me take you somewhere somebody can see what's in you. My God, somebody said, Hallelujah. Some of you are wondering why there are people in your life that you're not connected to and people that ought to be rejoicing when they see things. It looks like when you tell your brother your dream and your vision, they ought to rejoice with it. But they wasn't rejoicing with Joseph. Joseph ends up in Potiphar's house. He ends up in the prison. But the king saw something. God will take you to a position that your prison is what takes you to your palace. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to give God a praise and say hallelujah. Tell somebody, thank God for this prison. People like Vlad. Hallelujah. And all these Vlads and Judes and Nicks and Wallaces. 
street boys who were arrested to get saved, arrested off the streets, apprehended off the streets. I don't think you guys, I, I, talk, I talk about you all a lot because I don't think you all even know what happened. They just end up in church, came here, got saved. Now look at you men that have come from boys in the church with nothing. Just came in, got wives and family and children. Vlad, don't have to work no more. Work for yourself. Y'all ain't said nothing. Didn't go to school for it. Called your job and told them I won't be in anymore. And every now and then the devil will, will block your eyes from seeing the blessing. Oh, yes, he will. He will blind you from seeing, seeing the blessing of being saved and put all your focus on the bondage of being saved. Some of you all are so upset that you can't wear this and can't wear that. You're not upset. You don't even realize that you got a place to hang your clothes in. You're so upset that I can't do this and I can't do that. You just, you just haven't realized how good has, God has been to you. you. You're upset because you didn't go to college, but you still got a six-figure income. You, ain't, you, you, you haven't even understood that God gave you that kind of job without the education. And you're walking around here complaining. Sometimes you don't realize God's been good to you. You're so busy complaining because you lost your job that you ain't realized that you didn't have to ask for anything. And God still made a way. Yes, there are some prisons, but I've been blessed even in this. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, thank God for this prison. Hallelujah. Can somebody order, you ought to give God a praise and tell them, thank God for this prison. I need a few people that will just praise God for your salvation right now. <coughs> All over the building, just praise God for your salvation. Come on, praise God for your salvation. Paul says, all right, now we're in prison. And now that you're in prison, there's an order that happens in the prison house. Second Thessalonian, he tells the church now, because I've learned the prison life. I'm in prison. They tell you when to get up. They tell you when to go to bed. They tell you when to eat. They tell you when to sleep. Now Paul says, now that you're a prison, I want you to obey by the rules. Obey the rules. Second Thessalonians 1 and 3. We are bound to thank God always for you. Now Paul says, we are bound to thank God. When you're in prison, you don't tell folk what you want to do. They tell you what to do. And Paul now, hallelujah, considers thanking God to a prison activity. And he says, you are bound to praise God. Praising God is not an option. <clears throat> thanking God is not an option. This is a part of your prison duties. This is a part of your work release program. This is part of being on the chain game. So all of you in here that praise service go on and you just sit there and look. Hallelujah. You, you may find yourself in some trouble because hallelujah the prison God is walking through the church today 
and seeing how many prisoners are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Every prisoner ought to be thanking God. You are bound to thank God. Anybody that God has been that good to who's shouting with a half of a heart who has been through hell and high water and God brought you out that's been healed by cancer and you're going to walk in here like praise is an option. You are bound to say thank you Jesus. All that you have been through you're bound to say Lord I thank you. Yes I know there's some things that you got and things are not going on in your life but every morning you wake up there ought to be a praise out of your mouth that says thank you. I just need a few people that are prisoners of the Lord to open your mouth and say thank you. Glory to God. Tell somebody he's been good to me. Tell him you don't have an option. You don't have a choice. You're bound to thank God. You're bound to praise God. Let me tell you something. Living saved or living sanctified or being in the church is not always going to be a great feeling. Sometimes there's those miserable feelings. Sometimes there's those times that you say, God, I don't think I can live this life anymore. I don't think I can walk this walk anymore. But thank God for the Holy Ghost keeping power. Matter of fact, sometimes, if we'll be honest, you may go through some months, you may go through some days, you may go through some seasons where you come to church and you question, should I be here? You question, should I be saved? You look back and it is much easier to live like you used to live. It is much easier to go back to the habits that you used to have. But it's something, I don't know what it is, it's something that against my own will with me saying, I don't want to do this no more. I still find myself in church. Sometimes I'm just sitting there. Sometimes I don't want to be there. But what makes me get up with all of this attitude and still put on my clothes and still come out here when I got folk that I don't like, they don't like me, but I'm still coming. I'm bound. Jesus is in Sometime, sometime I'm so bound that the whole time I'm getting dressed, I don't even like the experience. I done made up my mind Friday ain't going. Made up my mind Saturday ain't going. Ain't got no church clothes already or nothing. All of a sudden, by nine o'clock, I get up. Going in there ironing. I think about all the people that's rolling their eyes at me. I still iron. Think about all the people that don't like me. I still iron. Amen. I think about the usher that meet me at the door. Hallelujah. That look like she's been eating lemons all day long. I still iron. All the way on my way to church. I'm talking about, I think I'm going to turn around and go back home. I don't know if I want to go today, but somehow I find myself here anyway. And then I come here, I sit here, I don't really want to be here, but something keep making me going. Hey, but I want to tell you, you're not going to always have that self-push. So you're not going to always have that I want to praise him. In fact, sometime I come here, I don't want to praise him. 
even though he's been good to me. I just coming in, I get in a slump. I get in a heaviness. Y'all ain't said nothing. I'm tired of y'all coming around here faking like you always feel like it. Sometimes I don't feel like it. I know y'all say something way down inside of me telling me to go ahead. Well, sometimes it ain't something inside of me. It's greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sometimes when I don't feel like going, even in the night, amen, he'll talk to me. He'll speak with me. I thank you, Jesus, for not letting me go. I thank you, Jesus, that when I did want to go, you wouldn't let me go. Thank you, Jesus, for all of those months, all of those days. I didn't want to do it, but you wouldn't let me go. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, I'm so glad that he wouldn't let me go even when I wanted to leave. Somebody say, glory. Sometimes you don't understand parents. You don't understand your mama. You don't understand your daddy. I've had parents to tell their children, get out of my house. Leave my house. You're hard-headed. You're no good. And I want you to leave. And they said that with their mouth. And when the child hit the door, they said, if you leave out of here, I'm going to call 911. Don't you leave. Don't you go nowhere. I know there's sometimes God gets sick of me. I said, I don't want you. I don't want you. I want to get rid of you. That's how he felt with Israel. But I thank God that his judgment say leave him alone. But his mercy say I want him back. Sometime God had these mixed signals. He look at me with my attitude and look at me the way that I act and say just forget them. I'll go get me a crack addict. I'll go get me somebody off the street. But thank God he looked back at me and give me a second chance. Aren't you so glad that God didn't turn you're loose when you turn God loose. That God didn't let you go when you let go with God. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise. And say hallelujah. Amen. Do you know the danger of going back on God? Could be so many things that could happen. I see who many, so many who are reprobates concerning the faith. They're reprobated in their mind. They don't even know who God is and denying the name of God. But after all of the times that you have been in and out and back and forth, the grace of God never turned me loose. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm bound to praise him. Glory to God. Can somebody say thank you Jesus. Look at somebody and say neighbor. Somehow I find myself back in the house of the Lord. I know there are people who look at you when you come back to church. I say there they go again. I guess they'll get saved this Sunday and they'll backslide next Sunday. I don't worry about them people because some of them are in the church that are backslidden. Don't you worry about nobody else. In fact, sometimes you might have to tell them. You might have to stop by the door. I said, look, let's get something straight. I know you don't want me here. And really to tell you the truth, I don't want to be here. But I just can't help myself. He keep on bringing me back. So if you tired of seeing me, don't have no beef with me. You need to talk with him. I was going somewhere else, but he brought me here. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what being saved is about. 
being saved is not about you making some choice that I'm going to be saved and I do what I want to do. No, it's about somebody who is committed to God and even when you don't want to do it, you are his prisoner and he'll run you down to get you to do what he wants you to do. Somebody say glory. Look at your neighbor and say neighbor. God will run you down. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Tell them God will put out an APB on you. It's the nature of God to find what he is. What God said. Hallelujah. You ain't going to come in here and let me heal your body. You ain't going to come in here and let me give you all these houses and land and then walk out of here and go give it to the world. Oh no. I'm not going to give you that voice and let you sing it over there in rumor somewhere. I'm not, not going to give you your health and strength and let you go over there and drop it like it's hot. Before I do that, I'll bust in the rumors and send the Holy Ghost in the bar and make you speak in tongue right on the dance floor don't play with me I'm God somebody say glory I'll make you look like a fool you go over there to Tampa and start stripping if you want to while you're climbing on the pole I'll knock you out and fill you with the Holy Ghost don't fool with me I'm God Somebody say yeah Hallelujah The Bible declare Hallelujah Hallelujah If a man had a hundred sheep Praise the Lord And one left Would he not chase The one that left Break his leg Put it on his shoulder And bring it back home I often wondered about that sheep He didn't let it walk home He put it on his shoulder Look at your neighbor and say neighbor Sometime God have to pick you up And bring you home Even though you don't want to come home Somebody say yeah Somebody say yeah Look at your neighbor And say neighbor I'm so glad He wouldn't let me go When I wanted to let him go I'm so glad oh. Hallelujah. I'm closing here, but I got some saints that have a Jonah experience, a prisoner of the Lord. The Bible declares the word of the Lord came to Jonah the first time and said, Jonah, aren't you a preacher? He said, yeah, I want you to go down into Nineveh and preach the tidings that I told them to preach. But Jonah said, I'm my own man and I ain't going down there and preaching and Jonah y'all with me here got his clothes together and Jonah got his stuff together and went on a cruise in an opposite direction some of y'all in the church you act like you're on a cruise oh yeah yeah but don't worry God's getting ready to interrupt your vacation somebody say yeah look at your neighbor and say neighbor I know you've been on vacation but God 
Lord is getting ready to interrupt it. I don't want to sing no more. Don't want to usher no more. Don't want to do nothing no more. God say, you ain't your own. I call the shots here. Somebody say, yeah. Somebody say, yeah. Some of y'all worried about your backslidden children. Don't worry about them. God know where to find them. God know how to get them. Somebody say, yeah. The Bible declared. I'm about to get out of your way. The Bible declared. Somebody say glory. The Bible declared that Jonah got on the ship and went the rolling. And while they were moving, the Bible said the Lord sent a hurricane in the middle of the ocean. And the ship went the rocking and rolling. Somebody say glory. And the men on top said something wrong here. We've been riding all this time. We never had this problem. Somebody say go down to the bottom of the ship. Get that sleeping preacher and wake him up and ask him what's going on. I'm going to tell you sleeping preacher. Y'all ain't said nothing. Sleeping singer. Sleeping dancer. God's getting ready to go to the bottom of the ship and wake you up. Yeah. They went and woke Jonah up and Jonah said I know what the problem is. I'm a preacher that's running from God. And he said if you throw me overboard somebody say glory. The sea will be calm. I'm about to close it. Let the Bible declare. They took Jonah and threw him over as God's prisoners. And when they threw him on the Lord took the whale and made a submarine. That was the first submarine. Got Jonah, put him in the belly of the whale. Somebody say glory. It's the nature of a whale that when you get something in your mouth, the, the body fluids are to digest it. The body fluids are to deteriorate it. But he was in the mouth of a whale. When God got something for you, you can get in mess that's supposed to kill everybody else, but you come out of it. When God got something for you, you can smoke the same dope that ran somebody else crazy, but you come out with your right mind. When God got something for you, bullets can fly, but they can't kill you. Somebody say glory. And I'm that some of you that are standing here the only reason that you're not dead is because God had something for you somebody say glory somebody say glory stand up on your feet and grab somebody by the head and say neighbor if I will be honest with you I should have been I ought to been I would have been I was supposed to be but God kept me alive and I came I came this morning to tell you that God has preserved me I came to tell you strokes couldn't kill me heart attacks couldn't kill me somebody say yeah it's the grace of God say yeah say yeah say yeah
Somebody in this building. Hallelujah. Ought to just lift your hands and praise God. Tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My salvation isn't on my own. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me from what I wanted to do. Thank you for the constraints. Paul uses, I'm closing, these words. And Philemon, I want to give you this powerful one, while you're standing, this one chapter book, one of the smallest in the Bible. It is a story about two men. One, some say a slave, I say a runaway servant. But what has happened, Philemon, who is the master of the slave owner, has had his slave to run away. Anonymous has taken and stole from Philemon. And Philemon has been saved. He's been converted by Paul preaching. And somehow, when he runs away, he runs, the slave runs away but ends up in Rome and hear Paul preaching. When the slave owner hears Paul preaching, Paul learns that the runaway slave has ran to him and he makes the connection. Philemon Anonymous is a these are slave and master. And Paul explains to both of them, both the owner and the master, both of y'all are slaves now. You're slaves to Jesus. He tell Philemon, now that you're a slave, this is your brother now. And whatever he owed you, don't charge him anymore. Put it in my, my tab. Because I released you from the bondage that you were in. When you think about it, don't think about the church as a bondage, just a bondage, but think about it as a transportation to a better facility. So if you ever been in prison, anybody here ever been in prison, don't raise your hand, don't have to tell nobody. But if you ever been in prison, you get some bad prisons. 
some bad gods. They got bad food, bad this, bad that. And then when you're in prison, people try to get transferred to a better facility. You ain't just got in prison when you got in the church. You were in prison in the world. Couldn't turn loose dope, couldn't turn loose that. And God just heard your heart's desire that says, hey, I don't like the prison I'm at. And God has transported you from the world prison to the church prison. I know there's a whole lot that you and I experience being young, you know. When I go back and look at it, if I look at it from a world's view, I look at just most of my life in the church. <coughs> this been a this been a, a prison experience for me. And many for you. But I thank God for the things that I could have gotten. The things that I could have had. But the grace of God. I want everybody in this building to lift your hands up right now. Lift your hands up all over this building. All over this building. Lift them up. And what I want you to do, I want you to thank God for your salvation. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for where I'm at. I don't always like it. I don't always feel it. And yes, God, I'm going to admit to you that there are times in my life that I feel that I'm so constrained that sometimes the devil tries to overwhelm me. But God, I praise you for this salvation. With every restriction, with every law, with every rule, with everything that seems like bondages to others, God, I thank you for my freedom. I thank you for my freedom. Come on, I thank you for my freedom. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for my blessed hope. Come on, somebody ought to just praise God all over this building. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. <coughs> if you're here today and you have not been water back.